Here in Orlando, Florida, O-Town Compost is leading the composting revolution, recycling organic waste into a nutrient-rich resource. Join Charlie Pioli, founder of O-Town Compost, as we hear from the nation's leading voices behind the grassroots community composting movement. Welcome to the Community Composting Podcast. Welcome to episode numero uno of the Community Composting Podcast. Today, I sit down with two members of O-Town Compost's operations team, Christy and Rich, and we talk about composting from the boots on the ground perspective. Thanks again for listening, and let's get into the show. Hey, this is Charlie with O-Town Compost. I'm sitting here with my two guests and uh, helpers, um, Christy Folk and Rich Dietrich. And we're just finished uh, a lunch, had salad and some chicken soup, and we wanted to talk about uh, composting for our first episode. So let's start off with Rich. Just Rich, I'm just curious. Like, where did you, where did you work prior to O Town Compost, and why did you decide to apply for O Town Compost? Uh, so I was, I've been performing um, out at Disney World for the last 26 years, and recently, during this pandemic, we got furloughed, let go. So I've been um, spending a lot of time at home, <laughs> yeah. speaking with people about you know um, things to do in the future. And I, meantime, had watched a uh, documentary called "Kiss the Ground," and I've always kind of felt like I wanted to do something to make a bit of a difference. wasn't sure which way I could go with that, but <laughs> but uh, once I saw that, I thought, you know what, I'm going to start trying to kind of look into it. And in the meantime, I'd been speaking with my sister who lives up in. Uh, Idaho, who as well loves to compost and garden, and she was sending me information about here in, in Central Florida, and uh, she sent me, I believe it was your um, website. So one day I was sitting around, I decided to just kind of look it up, and was just kind of researching it and looking through it, and thought it was a pretty neat thing you were doing, and I reached out to you. Yeah, I remember when you reached out to me. That was amazing timing. We were just about to open up service in the west part of Orange County with my partner Chuck having a, a composting site out there. And the only thing we we're missing was a, a driver and someone to help us bring it to the the residents out there who had requested service. So, Yeah, and then uh, I was looking for something part-time to do something I could do to maybe make a difference. Really liked it. We met. I think hit it off pretty well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one thing has led to another, and here we are <laughs> building a larger route and getting more compost. Yeah, we're building a, a company. So, Christy, yeah, just I remember when I put out um, an advertisement on Facebook looking for an operations coordinator and you, among a couple other people, applied. And, you know, I think at first I was, you know, unsure of, like, who to pick. It was between you and another guy. And then I uh, eventually was just like, she said she was logistically minded. I should listen to my gut and go with Christy. So 
why did you apply for Hotel Compost and where, where's your background from? Yeah, definitely. So, um, as you said, I did see that, that Facebook post and I, I mean, I couldn't even remember that, that little detail, but I, I did remember that it was from Ideas for Us and that was the organization that I was interning with um, last year. It's another environmental organization, and so that that leads to my background, which is the environmental sciences. I got my degree in environmental science in college, and um, my passion has always been how can I help the environment, of course, and I thought it was really interesting to look at this aspect of greenhouse gas emissions from a different perspective that isn't usually seen, so that um, in the in the respects to food waste, because um, what I studied in college was always about fossil fuel emissions and um, energy, but we didn't touch too much on this food waste aspect and methane as a greenhouse gas emission rather than carbon dioxide. So I just thought it was really interesting that there was this um, this aspect of this environmental opportunity that wasn't being pursued really. Um, it wasn't a business niche that I saw in the community and I saw potential for its, um, its environmental solutions. So that's why I was drawn to the, the position. Cool, awesome. I think that is a common misconception is that food waste doesn't produce greenhouse gas emissions, but I believe the stat is it's like the fifth most uh the largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions um you know after transportation and buildings and some of the others but you guys are both road warriors bucket slingers as i like to call it <laughs> yeah. um what is the best part of your job you know running your routes and what is the most challenging rich well i guess uh kind of what keeps me going is it's just such a great thing i love the idea that more people are doing it it's it's simple it's fast it's efficient it's a great way to to get this process going but um when and and the idea of composting just being very new to it learning it and watching it happen is pretty amazing um i gotta say probably the i mean come on the grossest part of it is just uh, dealing with uh, you know food, but you kind of start to really appreciate it. You know, I've, what I've noticed in the few short weeks I've been there is, uh, you know, first I was thinking probably like most people, oh yeah, this is going to smell rough and this and that, but really you start to appreciate the smells of the food breaking down, and I'm getting it now, and I'm like, oh, this is really this is really neat. So, I mean, that's the, the um, probably the roughest part of it, I think, but it's really nothing so far i mean it's really a it's just a kind of a win-win-win for me so mm -hmm. you know that's how i'm looking at it yeah i agree the kind of the way i see it is that the my most my favorite part of it and also kind of the challenge the biggest challenge of it is figuring out how to make it more efficient and make it the best that it can be and i really love the independence of it of just like okay, we have this problem, we have a route, we have this number of subscribers, and we have to figure out this problem of how to do this in the quickest, most efficient, um, best way that we can. And so, although that, that can be a challenge when, when there's uh, issues that arise, as in like 
buckets are missing or like people don't set out their buckets or or there's a new subscriber or something some kind of obstacle gets thrown into the equation at the same time that's also an opportunity to use our problem solving skills and and develop a way through it and and make the whole system better um as we go so that's I, I would say it's kind of two sides of the same coin is is finding out how to solve those problems but that's also the fun part <laughs> see she wasn't joking when she said she was logistically minded <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah but to your point rich i remember uh, prior to o-town compost i was a solid waste consultant doing a lot of waste audits and c- composition studies and we would be at landfills putting up trash on a table and sorting it into different categories and back then i used to view food waste as trash and it was yucky it really made the the other material in there like wet and smelly but since we're source separating our our waste stream is just source separated organics you do really appreciate like getting the people's food waste and it's not as gross as it is mixed with everything and there was no intention behind it it's just like let me throw this out so yeah Yeah, that's a great way to look at it man because it's it is really an interesting process and it's yeah separating i can see where that would be a different um a beast altogether yeah so you know you guys are part of something special I feel that O-Town Compost is only headed up and only headed to grow more and get, uh, you know, recycle a greater volume of food waste in Orange County. How do you imagine Orlando, the Orlando metro area, 5, 10, 20 years from now? Well, I guess if from what we've talked about, how you said that you think Orlando is on a mission, right, to fix one of these problems with landfills, I can only imagine that what we're doing, just expediating that and, uh, you know, seeing O-Town just be a big part of taking that out of the landfill. And then, I don't know, I think you said maybe closing the loop of, you know, a problem that you can fix with with compost. I mean, it's just a, I don't know, Mm. I guess I can't, see anything but going up I just it's I'm having a hard time imagining I keep thinking to myself is there a downside to this just being so new to it and every time I go out to do it I'm like it's just going to be a, it's got to be a win-win-win here you know so I think just getting the mindset probably educating the kids mm-hmm. um and once people subscribe hopefully sticking with it and never wanting to go backwards mm-hmm. is a uh, is, is so five to ten years I can't see anything but bigger and better <laughs> yeah, I feel like the the kids is a huge um, touchstone, and it's exciting that n- next month we're starting a program at an elementary school in Orange County Public Schools. So that's really changing the mindset, and um, you know we're creating lifetime composters by introducing them. And Chrissy, you had mentioned uh, like this this phenomena where yeah. you kind of introduce a kid when they're young and it carries on for a lifetime what do you call that again yeah so i I love to talk about um bringing these different aspects so it's this idea of a schema and so uh in psychology 
Um, this term schema refers to kind of the, the frameworks that are created in your mind to categorize information. And so it's a way for people to understand things culturally, for example. Um, there are certain things that people can understand in their cultures that they may have a hard time understanding from other people's cultures because they haven't developed schemas for different things. But in regards to compost, um, what I see as so important for our work is not just not just the fact that people are are not sending their food waste to the landfill, but also it's this change in their mental, it's a mental mind shift, this, this creation of a new schema, a new framework where they no longer see food that they're throwing away into the garbage as trash, so to speak. It's now a resource that must be um, diverted. It must be turned into compost. It must be um, returned to the environment in, in a much better way. And so um, forevermore, even if people just start to compost and start to learn the process, forevermore they will no longer see, for example, the classic banana peel. Everyone thinks of a banana peel when they think of compost. Um, they will no longer see that as something that belongs in the garbage. It, it will be a new schema that we've created in their minds, and especially with kids, it's so important to teach them early on that this is a resource that doesn't belong in the landfill. It's a resource that belongs um, recycled. It, it, it needs to be returned to the earth and, and soil is so important and so cru crucial and, and we're depleting our soil faster than we're replenishing it. And so um, there are just so many solutions, like Rich said, it's a win, 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 win. Um, and especially just kind of changing people's minds about food. Is, is it's really goals. interesting yeah. to hear from a psychological perspective because, I mean, we all kind of know this, but we haven't really put the scientific terms to it. But I can remember when I was a, a young kid growing up in Portland, Oregon, which had these systems in place for composting and recycling. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's where my passion and my knowledge came from to motivate me to start O-Town Compost, uh, especially in Orlando where it wasn't really being done. So, well, probably being from the West Coast, they're usually always kind of leading in that uh yeah, as far as food waste out here to uh, bring it to the East Coast, right? Yeah, as far as food waste recycling goes, the West Coast is about ten years ahead of the South, the Southeast. So, so bring it. Yeah, I mean, we got some some room for growth, and then get the kids giving it all to O Town, right? Yeah, right, definitely. Yeah. So, what are other things? do you um, believe in our key to creating like a sustainable future for this region, uh, this Orlando, Orange County region, you know, in conjunction with food waste recycling? I know, Christy, you come from environmental science, so you do have a little background in this, but... Right, yeah. Yeah, so I can talk about kind of my vision for Orlando. So I, I'm really part of the, the climate action scene. I consider myself a climate activist. And um, as we all know, we're, we're in this climate crisis where we're heating our planet with greenhouse gases um, in the atmosphere. And so our our goals are should all be um, 
everything is, is intersectional in the way that business can't operate on its own and then environmental policy operate on its own. Um, everything has to um, be connected in some way. And so we have to understand how our actions influence um, things down the road. And so I think it's really important to have new businesses like O-Town um, creating these environmental solutions and, and really bringing this, um, the importance of, of climate action, so to speak, to the forefront in, in the way that I see it. And, and especially Orlando um, being a leader in sustainability, especially in Florida and um, in the Southeast. Um, if we want to build up Orlando as a sustainability leader, we're going to need things like O-Town Compost to, to bring these solutions. And, and I, tell, I also see in conjunction with um, our, our composting and, and, and food waste reduction is um, other measures like um, pursuing additional clean energy, because that's also really important to, to develop these cleaner energy systems, especially in Florida with solar power it is so um, vital and we should be um, really expanding our solar programs. And, and that's what the city of Orlando is pursuing. Yeah, I would um, say Chris so Castro, Jeff Benedivis, they're very focused on the renewable energy mm -hmm. side. Right. Not so much on the solid waste side. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they are, but not as much as I would like being from that realm. Definitely. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so then, so then education, right? I mean, that's, it all goes down to, like you said, with this pilot program and educating the kids and along with building this is sharing yeah. all your yeah. knowledge and your yeah, knowledge. And, and we can just have some, you know, make it fun. And then as the kids grow and they become our leaders, you know, they'll... Yeah, I mean, how would them. you, Rich, explain to an elementary school kid okay. why they should separate <laughs> yeah. their banana peel from the rest of the trash and throw it in the O-Town compost bin? You do it or else. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah, I like to I, do. I, I kind of have that, um, you know, I'm not educated in this field, but I am very simple. You just, it's the right thing. So... You can't give any reason why you should throw it in there as opposed to in here, you know, in the garbage can or in this container where we can go use it again for, you know, what it's being done for. I think it's just a very, for me, it's just very simple. It's just a simple mm. process. You know, you show the kids the right way. They'll do the right thing. And then guess what? We reap the benefits as they get older. And, you know, so just educate them on how important it is and try to have fun with it. You know what I'm saying? If you can make it fun for the kids... The kids will respond. You can they'll do what you want them to do. You know, mm -hmm. just be fun, be silly with it. And yeah, I I hundred percent agree. Um, it has to be fun. You saying, have to have great yeah. fun ideas to to make get kids interest. You don't know what's going to spark a kid. Yeah, but it's not going to be some boring literature. You know, it's yeah, going to be. Right. And Christy is a performing artist <laughs> on the side, practically. So. Yeah, and and I got my I, I have a little bit of a background as a science educator. Uh, I worked at the Orlando Science oh, Center as an great. educator, and and I just. I kind of been a teacher all my life, just casually, um, just I love sharing Naturally. my knowledge and yeah. just like talking to people about what I'm passionate about. So um, I have a little bit of experience working with children and I, I definitely feel the importance of making it fun and definitely imparting this idea that it's morally correct to do mm. what we're doing and the system doesn't always it, the system in place isn't always doing what you can say is morally correct. It's, it's mm -hmm. not the right way to do it just because it's the way it's always been done. And so that's I definitely exactly think that's right. important to teach the kids. When, that's why we're here now. Yeah. yeah. That's why we're here now. You know, from a more business aspect, I think that 
you know, it is morally correct and everyone should be doing it. But we live in the capitalist restraint constraints and unfortunately, um, to be a successful business, you need to have, you know, immaculate customer service and make things as uh, easy as possible for people because in America, as we all know, it's very convenience based. So, yeah, I mean, I think it is you know, making our service and O-Town compost, um, educating them how it can be not only like the right thing to do, but an easy thing to do. And you think about, you know, throwing an item in the trash can and how, and you know, what you don't see is all the hidden costs with a trash going through the waste management system. Like trash is very heavy it has to be collected by the, the, the trash guys. They haul it to the landfill. It has to be covered with fill every day, you know, dirt. And that's actually what makes it an anaerobic environment and releases methane into the atmosphere. And that methane harms the earth, harms, um, you know, the, the air quality. So, yeah, I think it's uh, that should be included with the education is like it's easy. It's, you know, it, it, it's going to save taxpayers dollars and not that elementary schools would give a crap about that. But, um, but that's where you come in. That's where we put it together. You, yeah. you, give, them, you give them the science behind it. You give mm -hmm. them the, the, the right and wrong to do. And then you give it something fun that is so it can you can capture the kids, you know, imagination or what he can do to make a difference and all the cool stuff from it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> well, I know Christy's willing to embarrass herself so she can put on a, a great um, presentation about composting. Oh, yeah, I'll be very sorry. <laughs> I'll make very bad jokes. Perfect. See, now I, I'm a dad. I like bad dad jokes. I, I can incorporate all that. The time, yep. I, I love it. Yep. Perfect. All right. Yeah, so... I mean, what do you, community composting isn't just, you know, O-Town Compost. It's a, a grassroots movement that started about a decade ago in, in arguably uh, like Maine or up in the Northeast. And it's really grown. There's hundreds of community composters around the nation, small guys um, just operating out of like a community garden or a, a church or a school to large composters who are, they actually have a, a facility and they're running, you know, a route. They, they manage the compost from the whole city. O-Town Compost, I think, is trying to reach, uh, you know, we're just trying to grow as much as we can to meet the need of the food waste volume that's out there. But um, what do you think community compost's secret is to getting more people and businesses on board and subscribing and you know that's what ultimately grows our our impact in the community well if and i'll just ask the question back to you do you think that with put you putting this together um showing a homeowner hey i can save some money maybe you know what i'm saying adding it to the uh to their um you know, paying for trash. Is there a way that somebody? Because a lot of people are, 
you know, yeah. money minded, you know, saving money. So if I could do this with the, the, the trash company, save a little bit of money so it's not as expensive over here, I could, you know, use O-Town Compost to take my food. Like, make it very simple for people. Kind of like with your idea the- with clean, simple buckets, in and out. They don't have to deal with it because the fact of the matter is, mm-hmm. speaking with my wife and other people, that, oh, the smell can't be around or this can't be around. Until they get used to it, you know, until they get the... Maybe have a thought in your head. And to answer your question, with commercial clients, with businesses, there is an opportunity for them to save waste with reduced garbage collection frequency and the size of their their dumpster. Uh, But unfortunately, the way that the residential um, trash, you know, curbside trash is structured you know, our our garbage costs are just like baked into right. the property taxes right. and it doesn't even seem like a, a cost for a lot of people. Right. So they don't understand why they would pay for something additional if they could just put it in their trash. But, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm arguing for in the future to come to Orlando is a different tra- type of residential garbage service called pay as you throw. And that's being used up in uh, Massachusetts towns and cities where residents are billed by the size of their garbage container and the smaller trash can you have, uh, the less you're billed each month. And, you know, it's a, it's a real expense that they pay every month and then they can see. And out in Portland, Oregon, they're doing this. And, you know, my parents, uh, our neighbors... You have little, like little cute ten gallon trash cans, and that's like the smallest it it goes. And and but what's important in this pay as you throw system is to have regular size recycle bins and composting bins alongside the trash. That way, they're diverting their material from the trash can into these other bins that are they're not. Um, the cost of or um, composting and recycling is just included in the cost. So it it's not like they're paying anything. They There's no like scaling up of pay or scaling down with the composting and recycling. So I think this is the way that O-Town Compost is going to try to lobby the city of Orlando and Winter Park. Or just, be a, just be a part of it. Yeah. But it'll be O-Town that's taking care of that part of it. Well, we would take care of the composting right. aspect of it. And, you know, by that time, hopefully the recycling markets will be recovered and recycling will actually be uh, recycled and going to where we hope it would go. And then, you know, just imagine, uh, you know, like 55% of what goes to the landfill is from the residential sector, not the commercial sector, like businesses. Mm-hmm. So it's really significant what people are throwing out and bringing to the curb. So, yeah, I think I definitely got off topic, but <laughs> that's, I would say that you can, you definitely can argue that there's cost savings on the commercial side. Which is, I think, is yeah. is. Imp- Important for a lot of people, like at my age, I know, and you know, they try to, you know, maybe your age as well. I guess everybody looks at money differently, but where you can save some money and then educate them. I mean, again, it just yeah. it's, it's not a stretch. Yeah, and if I could just jump in here, I, I definitely agree that it's it's this idea of taking advantage of behavioral economics and really understanding 
what people respond to and the incentive is a reduction in their costs and um, it, it may not be an environmental benefit for example for everyone but it may be for some people but this idea that the reduction of costs incentivizes pretty much everyone you can take advantage of that and you also get the benefit that it helps the environment so it's you definitely want to work within the system of, of economics mm. and, and take advantage of what people respond to. I think that's clear as day. You have to take advantage of the incentives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't want to put Orange County on blast, but when they unveiled, they rolled out the single stream recycling carts to the unincorporated county residents about three and a half years ago. They just gave people these carts. They didn't really tell them what to do with it. There was no education behind it. There was no incentive to minimize contamination. And these carts had lids on them so people could hide all their contamination in there without feeling any kind of uh, ownership or responsibility for it. So, And now you look at the recycling stream contamination, it's you know, up in the 30, 40% range. So it's, uh, it's a, a important lesson that I hope, you know, they learned how they need to, you know, look at solid waste and structure it with economic incentives for people to do the right thing. And O-Town Compost, we don't want to do anything without like uh, an incentive there in place. Mm -hmm. So, so doing uh, O-Town compost, I mean, yeah, you have to be very clear and precise on what your what goes in your composting. Yeah, right? and that's how pay-as-you-throw system is the incentive, the financial incentive. So, yeah, I mean, community composting is, you know, we O-Town compost actually got... Uh, was one of the later companies to arrive on the community composting scene. But you look at what we're doing and we're actually, um, you know, we're, we're, we have over a hundred subscribers, a handful of businesses. We're doing great things. I mean, especially thanks to you guys. Um, well, it sounds like you've done your homework as far as like, you're also seeing in the country where what works what doesn't work because i feel yeah. like every time i've approached you with a question you said to me you know yes or no because you've already seen where it's so hopefully you're right at the right time to yeah roll, roll this out as being as efficient and done as well as yeah possible. i definitely tried to do my research before making any really important decisions about uh you know how to structure the routes and stuff like that um but I just, uh, I mean, I guess we're just headed in a, in the right path. I don't, I don't know what to say. So what would you guys say are the biggest misconceptions about food waste recycling or composting? Huh, the biggest misconceptions, I guess, um, people just not realizing it's, it's value and, and the point of doing it. If, if they aren't educated about why we do it, they might just think, oh, it, it'll degrade in the landfill and they won't realize that 
kind of the difference between this anaerobic decomposition that releases methane and then the composting route that doesn't release these harmful greenhouse gases. So um, that, that would be one misconception I could see. Is and could you real quick why. define anaerobic versus aerobic? Yeah, so anaerobic decomposition is basically uh, anaerobic means without oxygen. And so it's this decomposition by these uh, bacteria that don't require oxygen and because of this, um, it produces a different um, result, a different byproduct. And, and so in this case, it would be CH4 methane, which just happens to be um, one of these greenhouse gases that, that goes, goes up into the atmosphere. Whereas with aerobic uh, decomposition, which is um, in, in the presence of oxygen, in the presence of air, um, it's allowing this, it's a much longer, well, I, I guess the, the length of the decomposition might differ, but um, it, it allows uh, different microbes and different microorganisms to break it down in a way that doesn't produce this harmful methane. Yeah. And so um, it, just kind of understanding the context of, of where this food is and in what in what location it is and what conditions it is depends on how it how it breaks down and those nutrients can then be returned in the form of this uh, compost, this soil that, mm. that we can use to to grow our local agriculture. Whereas if it's in the landfill, it's lost. Right. Yeah. And I like to tell people about, um, you know, mummies in Egypt. They're an example of they were encased in these uh, sarcophagus and there was no air, so they just mummified. And you can kind of still see remnants of the body even, you know, tens of thousands of years later. But, um, you know, it's opposed to when you just bury someone in the ground, they just disappear and become one with the earth. Or also I heard a story about... Uh, someone who dug up a carrot in a landfill 11 years later and the carrot was it wasn't orange but it was still intact <laughs> and um you know that's ridiculous because uh, if you just put so a mummified carrot in there, yeah. Dump. yeah just mummified and you <laughs> and you have to imagine like none of those nutrients necessarily go back to the earth and do anything beneficial it releases a different type of gas. I mean, I'll be honest, co composting does release a greenhouse gas while it's being processed, uh, CO2, but it's not as harmful as methane. And then once you have created the compost, you're able to sequester CO2 and store it. So That's, that's interesting. So again, it kind of seems like it just goes back to education. And a lot of people, I imagine, I forget what you called the term, switching the mindset yeah, of the culture, but a lot of people just don't care, mm. right? It's years of not doing it. Right. It's probably people maybe older than me, my age, I don't know, you know, just don't care because they just weren't taught it. Just throw it in the garbage. It's just garbage. And that's where the yeah. economic incentive has to come in right. because, I mean, that's the only way, unfortunately, to get people to care is with their pocketbook. So. Pocketbook and getting the kids when they're young and just showing the value of it and the cool things you can do with it and the, and how the magic works of composting. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, us three, we're probably the hippiest crunchy granolas <laughs> out here, but at the same time, <laughs> we... <laughs> and I'm turning back into one. I mean, cut my hair in months and just... <laughs> but at the same time, you know, we're, we're actually doing something out here. We're taking action and you know we're not trying to um politicize food waste recycling we're just saying like 
you know, it's it's easier and it's not hard to do. And I'm really proud to say this, but of our subscribers, we definitely have left and right leaning subscribers. And it, you know, I, I think it could be something to unite the country in our Compost own time. brings of, everybody together. Everyone eats food. Yeah. Yes. So that's awesome. But yeah, um, a few other misconceptions we were, we were talking about that before that I can think of. Um, are like the idea that it would stink or there would be rodents in it. And, and this is this is entirely not true if you actually experience, um, have any experience with compost. Because, for example, with our system, with the buckets, we have lids. So, I mean, the, unless you have like a rodent problem in your house or something. So I, that misconception right? stems from people with their own backyard piles who mm. don't manage it right. properly. They don't turn it. It doesn't like you need to turn it to give it that oxygen, which makes the pile hot enough. So rodents aren't interested, right. you know. And then um, the odors from making the pile anaerobic. Uh, there's that that really harsh stench is when a pile becomes anaerobic and that could be from uh, oversaturated with water from a, a torrential downpour or it could mean that like you're not turning the pile so those misconceptions come from poorly managed piles mm -hmm. and that's where our convenient base service comes in we take care of the composting for them that's exactly when you guys started that what i want to add on that is it mm -hmm. is just purely discipline of somebody taking care of a compost which is when i kind of fell into this when i've been out the last few months was i think i told you i started with this little tumbler it's a commercialized tumbler. I just said, you know what? I don't know if I want to do this in the backyard yet because I don't know enough about it. Let me start with something very commercial, which I know you you, know, you take or leave it. I think you'd rather do your own compost in the yard, but mm -hmm. it does make it pretty simple. It's fairly clean so far. So I'm like, oh, I like this. So it kind of got sparked my interest. Would I do it on the ground and just make my own compost pile now that I'm learning it? Yes. But if I had just started and just kind of, I mm -hmm. might lost interest and then ah, compost yeah or what's what's great about o-town compost coming in keeping it clean the bucket the people yeah. want to see it we do it for you we'll do it for you yeah. baby yeah. it's such a good thing that's why i like. I mean we support we support backyard composters yes. as well but yeah you're right there there is a huge margin of people who don't want to dedicate that hour or two yes. each week to yeah. turning their pile and managing it so that's where we come in. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> and, yes. you know, this is the community composting model, is um, swapping out buckets. We do the composting for you. So if anyone is listening to this and they're in a different city, there's a good chance that you have a community composter in your city as well. Subscribe. Yeah. Subscribe. Orlando, yeah, yeah, the scaling definitely helps. The the idea of doing it on a larger scale is is more efficient, and it's just it's just better overall. Yeah, to share that because we have the knowledge, and so we have the knowledge to do that composting, and so yeah. we're able to yeah. get it done. And, it's and how the economy works. Is everyone yeah. has specialization? Exactly. So it's like getting you want to do your electrical work around your house, your plumbing work around your house. Sometimes you just want somebody to do it that knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Just do it for me. Yeah. Because I don't want to 
shock myself or whatever or have flood and then yeah you know, mm-hmm. so that's what's that's a great service you can do, yeah, you yeah. provide here for people so do you guys uh garden at home and what do you think of you know the second half of o-town compost's mission to provide a soil amendment locally produced for those gardeners and agricultural agriculturalist farmers yeah so i when i was in college i managed an organic garden and that was something it's kind of a funny story because i i had no experience at all with gardening really before i went to college and and i joined the the environmental club at my college and then they there was a garden that they managed as part of the club and so i just kind of fell into it and fell in love with it and so um, I, I took on this, this role of lead manager of the garden and I gave it a whole makeover and um, planted so many different vegetables and, and learned a lot. And so I definitely gained the appreciation in that regard for gardening and, and this availability of local produce, especially it's just such, such a unique experience to just go to a garden where you have planted seeds and reap the benefits of, of local produce and, and just eating a salad that you grew yourself is, is just, there's nothing like it. And so um, I definitely um, gained some experience with gardening there and, and we had our own compost bins um, there with the gardens. And so I was able to create compost for the gardens and, and, and took all my food scraps from the dining hall and, and brought them into the compost bin. Um, so there was that that symbiotic relationship between the compost and the garden that I had, and then um, that kind of leads to where I am right now today. I I also work for uh, Sun Gold Gardens, which is based in St. Cloud, and, and we provide um, elevated organic gardens to clients, and and so I, I help manage gardens there, and so um, pretty much everything I do is connected in some way, and. And so we are producing the compost over here and then um, they're also mm. um, using compost for the gardens there. And so it, it's so important, I think, to have this, this compost returned to the local agriculture and really um, really contribute to this, this movement to localize agriculture and, and help people understand where their food is from and yeah. make it local. And for those who don't know about our, um, what, we, what we offer our subscribers in our service, when you subscribe, you have the option to receive a share of compost. We give back 20 pounds of compost, finished compost every six months, or you can donate it to a local um, farmers. We partner with Fleet Farming, and you know we're always looking for community gardens to partner with as well in schools. But yeah, Rich, so I've been in your backyard and you have a tumbler, so you do some backyard composting. Yeah, so, and I'll try to be quick about it. Growing up, you know, I'm from Alaska. My mom had a garden every year. She had, we had carrots and potatoes. What was your growing season in Alaska? Uh, short. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't very, it wasn't very long. Now, they do have to be able there because there's some really great soil up there from everything. From what I remember, I was from the Madnuska Valley area and it was supposedly some of the richest soils, you know, up there in Alaska from what I remember as a kid. But I didn't really stick with it, you know, over the years. I appreciate it more now than I did back then. Mom would maybe come out and pick carrots and peas. And I didn't mind. I just, I just, it was whatever. And I kind of went through life. Well, my, two of my boys, I have four children, girls and boys, two of each. But my boys had taken agriculture through high school here locally. And uh, I just really liked it. I just, they really seemed to just grab, they loved that class. They were trying to kind of get involved in it. 
And I'd go over and help out because they had some gardens there with the teacher over at the high school. I think, I don't think he composted as much, but he did, you know, they had chickens and they had some gardens and they just had a little bit of everything, some fish and different things. And it just really interested me. So as they kind of stepped out, or they're out of high school now and into college, and I, um, this whole situation happened to me with Disney and I just had this time off and I had this backyard and I'm like, man, I really want to speak with my sister and turn it into, you know, starting to grow stuff. And I'm trying to dabble with just plants and learning the process. Got a tumbler, you know, create a fruit tree. And I'm like, well, I just need to eat everything I grow. So, mm-hmm. so I'm really, really new to it, but already getting some results from my compost, my tumbler, which is just awesome. I feel like a kid again. <laughs> this, taking all the food. Why haven't I been doing this for years? I had four kids, you know, and to see it and do it and, yeah. Actually, have it happen. It just made me go. I love this. So to get I, that crumbly black gold oh, is such a rewarding feeling. And we, from all this that I've been eating for you know years, I just wish I had been a little more mm. in tune with it. So, yeah. but going forward, here I am now, and I really want to make it happen and get more people uh, have the same feeling, the same vibe. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely symbiotic. How uh, you know we're just returning nutrients yes. back to the soil. To grow more nutrients um, and you know everyone with a garden knows the taste between a carrot from the garden versus from the grocery store <laughs> a tomato and it turns out that those items from the garden that are freshly picked have much more nutritional value than ones from the grocery store because they lose a lot of that nutritional value over the two week transport transport from california or mexico where they usually come from. They, maybe kids would like vegetables more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Especially if they help participate in oh, the growing process. Include yeah. them in it and they'll love yeah. it forever. Actually, I think that's part of the Four Roots mission is to grow uh, crops in a, in a row crop style and then provide it to the local uh, you know, Orange County Public Schools. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. And we have yeah. a partnership forming with them. Um, you know, not to get off topic, but on that same vein, there was also a period of time at my children's elementary school where there was a mother that was really into gardening. And I, her and I clicked and we created a garden at one of the elementary schools here. And we were growing, she was growing a handful of different vegetables, but she would take the classes that came in there. They'd come out and the teachers would, you know, do a little garden. And then she'd usually end up having a salad for them. So this is everything you guys grew. And so I was just like... Yeah, I really was like impressed by her doing that and loved helping her keep it clean. That's she the thing that. with kids. You get them involved and they feel some kind of ownership. Uh, mm-hmm. My origins with gardening, my dad always had a community garden in Portland. And uh, one summer, like he would drag me and my sister uh, along as he would do some weeding and watering of the garden. And one summer he gave me and my sister our own eat- little plot that was just for us and we could plant whatever we wanted in it. And I remember just taking care of that plot. So like I didn't, I weeded everything. I made sure there weren't even dirt clods in the pot. <laughs> like everything had to look perfect. And you know, it was such a rewarding feeling when you got the, the I forgot what I grew, probably tomatoes. I, Do you know how I many children them. out there need that? that? That would just make a difference in, in our health for the children. 
those little, I had some little neighbor kids help me hand out flyers for you. And they just, I've watched them when the mom will plant something for them to fray, or whether it be a flower or something. They're just so excited about it. Yeah. So, you know, hold them accountable, make it part of their life. And yeah. Happen, so. Yeah. And, you know, there's plenty of uh, small farmers and nonprofits like Fleet Farming out there who are doing the right thing on the, the farming side and growing vegetables, getting people involved with producing their own food. But, you know, that's where O-Town Compost operates on the other side of that, which is the soil amendment and the co- the compost, which you, you know, you really need a healthy soil to have healthy plants, to have healthy humans, healthy animals. So, yeah, well, I think that was it um, for our first episode. Awesome conversation. And did you like just I'll go around the table and if every anyone has any imparting words that they would like to mention about, you know, whatever related to O-Town Compost. So. Yeah, I mean, I I can say for myself, I just I feel so excited to come to work and, and I, I look forward to it because I feel like I'm, I'm part of something that that's providing these environmental solutions which is so important to my personal values and and what i want to do for my personal purpose and so i feel like my work is um with o-town is definitely fulfilling my goals (laughs) yeah i'm so i'm so glad that you joined us and i i know you're headed off to grad school one day and you're gonna start (laughs) like amazing environmental business and you're gonna do awesome things so yeah and i um uh, I have to say that I, I ask myself every week since I started working with you, Rich, do you like this? Do you enjoy this? Because this is a whole new thing for me in my world. You know, I'm coming out of what I've been doing for so long. And I have to say every time I'm like, yeah, I like it. Like I look forward to doing it every Monday and Tuesday. And I look forward to hopefully being more and more a part of it for this next chapter of my life because um, – I just, I can't see any downside to it. I just can't. Usually I can find downside in just about everything. I'm just that kind of person sometimes. And I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm tr- almost trying to find something wrong with it. And I can. And I, and I like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is hard work. And That's you guys. Nothing. That's nothing. Hard work. Good, good for the soul, man. Yeah. It builds character. It does. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's not, and, and what, if you're going to work hard, you might as well work work hard for a really great cause. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not something that you're just very materialistic or whatever you might think, but this is a really mm. great cause. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, that's it. And I uh, appreciate you guys joining me for this conversation. Next, I look forward to the next episode. I'll probably be interviewing Compost for Life, Miami's community composter. Um, that is a, a market similar to Orlando that is untapped and really needs a lot of help in the recycling side. So thank you to everybody. O-Town Compost is Orlando's community composter that offers full service food waste pickups for residents and commercial businesses. Also, we do zero waste events and sell soil amendment products and compostable serviceware on our website. We're super stoked to have a special for all our great listeners. To get your first month free of our convenient odor and pest free residential service, 
Just use the promo code West Orange. One word, West Orange. And enter it when you subscribe. Thank you for listening.